Hello and welcome to another episode of Worked Up, the podcast where you learn to navigate the workplace, business, and your career with a little more ease and a lot less angst. I'm your host, Jacqueline Beck, and we have a very exciting guest in the studio today. We met five minutes ago, and I can tell we have lots of stuff to dig into. Jason Rash. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. I do want to preface this entire podcast. I'm on like four hours of sleep, so this will be quite fun. This this will be a lot of fun. I'm excited to dive into it, by the way. For four hours of sleep, you have a ton of energy, so I am incredibly impressed. Thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm going to bring the best I can for your audience. This is going to be good. This is I be appreciate good. that. And by way of background, Jason is a personal finance coach. He's a real estate investor. He is host of podcast, Where's My Money? Yeah. Uh, I just found out that he's been in rock bands that we need to talk about. Yeah. And I think we're going to dub him the money man. That's, that's what my wife here in the studio is going to call him in. Yeah. You've heard it here first. Now it's on air. You can't get away from (laughs) it. Can't get away from it. Stuck now. Yeah. I'd be on my tombstone. Oh, well, let's not, let's not go there yet. Yeah. Not yet. yet. I got got another 50 in me. I promise I do. Maybe 60. Perfect. Well, Jason, before we dig into everything, do you mind just kicking off by telling the listeners a little bit about your background and your journey? Because it is fascinating. Yeah. 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 I appreciate that. So my wife and I, we've been married 20 plus years uh, to what is it? Brookie 21. In April, I'm 45 and my wife is 43, but she's 42. She'll be, four, sorry, I didn't rush that. I didn't mean to rush that. She'll be 43 this You're year. You're rushing a lot. I know. So far. So she, so she actually looks like she's like 35 or less. I'll just go ahead and throw that out there. Uh, we came from the trailer park, um, worked our way up, no college degree. Um, we've just been a very ambitious, not uh, settling for where we've been in life. And so we've gone up and up and up and up. I've had a, um, you know, I've been a personal trainer along the way. I got a job with the CEO, took a company from a million a year to 200 million a year. I got to travel all over the globe with him in private jets. Um, I've been in rock bands, as you mentioned before, had a record deal, bought my CD in Best Buy. <clears throat> I, uh, you know, my wife and I started a business. Uh, we partnered with a company and we've gone on to make $4 million in the last six years. We leveraged that into real estate investing, bought uh, 16 properties in 18 months. Wow. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's been, we got two kids kids. One's 15 years old, one's 19 years old. And uh, yeah, I came from Alabama. All of it started in, in just being in an environment in Alabama that we weren't happy with, knowing that we were destined for more, but not knowing how to get to where we wanted to go. That's incredible. So it's really just about not being complacent and wanting to change your circumstances. Absolutely. I'm in the same situation right now. I was telling my wife, I was like, I was like you know, I'm trying to get to this next level in my life right now. And, and, and I'll be very honest with you. I'm unbelievably driven. What, Ricky, would you say I'm unbelievably driven? Like, like driven, like driven is an understatement. Driven is just completely, I would say it undermines my whole entire philosophy. I don't even know if there's a word for what I am, but I mean, it's like I wake up every single morning. I'm trying to uncover this level of who I am. And I keep finding out there's more things about me. Like I'm like, Oh, that's so cool. That's so cool. Let's go, let's go do this. Let's go be an expert in that. Let's go do this. Let's tackle that. And let's move to the next level and figure out what that is. Oh, I want to dig into that so bad. Let's dig. Let's go. Did you bring your shovel? Oh, you have no idea who you're talking to, my friend. <laughs> She's like, I got the gold shovel. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> so, so words mean different things to different people. Yeah. You said driven probably doesn't even describe what you are. Right. What does that word mean to you? 
I mean, driven, it's like, for me, um, I'm trying to uncover the best version of who I am. Mm. Like, that's where I'm trying to go in life. Like, when I die, I want God to be like, man, you know, I had this picture of you before you were even born, but you came really, really close to it. Made a lot of mistakes along the way, but I knew you were going to make those mistakes, and here you are. I created you to be this, and you came out like this. That's kind of cool. You actually did it. Constant self-improvement. Always. I always always say, you know, if I was a philosopher or whatever, I would say the the goal of life, the purpose of life is constant self-improvement. Absolutely. It's like Leo Tazu said 10,000 years ago, know thyself, know thyself. I mean, you know, I listened to like 70 books last year alone, just, just trying to figure out like money, business, me, who I am, my impulses, my triggers, trying to figure out the world, trying to figure out how my brain works. You know, like everybody's heard of atomic habits, things like that, like money. Like I listen to a lot of books. By the way. Yeah. I love that you just brought up Atomic Habits. That's a good book. You got it in your thing? Ah, she's got it. In my purse. This is now, I think, the fifth podcast I've brought it up on. Yeah. This is my antidote to scrolling on Instagram. Oh, yeah, it's great. It's a fantastic book. I listened to that during the pandemic while working out. It was- was, Great book. Yeah, it's a great book. I mean, like, like, I think there's a lot of people out there, especially for your audience, they're in the workplace. They don't don't know, like, a lot of different things, but, like, not that they don't know a lot of different things. Like, people are uncovering different things about themselves all along the way, right? As an entrepreneur- I uncover a lot of things about myself because when I was an employee making six figures a year, I didn't, I wasn't in the position or I didn't have the luxury, I should say, of time to be able to uncover more about myself. I couldn't dig into myself because it was always just constant workload, right? It was yeah. it was more work, the more money they gave you, the more work, more responsibility, blah, 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 blah. And every time, like, you know, where's our phones at? Like, like every time that phone would ding, it would make this certain sound. I knew it was from corporate and I was mm. like, it would give me like anxiety towards the end of my career there. I was like... God, what do they want? And they would ding me at all hours of the night. Like, I'm just like, the lines were so blurred. And so I never know time to figure out who I am. Now that I'm an entrepreneur, I've got time whenever a situation happens. Like, okay, why did that happen? Let's figure out how we can move ahead and move forward. What do you think inspired you to start that journey of figuring out who you are? This woman right here. That's amazing. What about, what about it? I mean, she's always pushing me to be the best version of myself. She will literally tell me like, Hey, listen, look, you're not, you're not, uh, you're not doing what it is you were supposed to do. She'll call me out on it. Like, like today or like, like last week, she calls me out on stuff like, Hey, look, you're destined for more. You're going to do this. Like yesterday we had a meeting with the company. I'm trying to build up my brand. And she's like, look, you're not where you need to be. I see you doing X. Like I see you being on stage. I see you being able to affect and help and impact massive amounts of people. I got a, I got like 40 something thousand followers, you know I mean? It, it, that's, that's, that's cool. But she sees a much bigger vision for me. Right. Yeah. And so I, I lean into that. And sometimes it's painful to hear, but I mean, that's what a great spouse does. Like, Hey, look, you know, you can never live your best life with me if you're not living your best life for you. Well, first of all, I love that on so many levels. I hope my husband is listening to this right now. Um, but the, but the other piece of that, which is a little more philosophical, if you will, is, you know, someone's fervent belief in who you are and your potential. And sometimes when you don't have whatever it is, the confidence, the, the clarity, whatever it may be to see it yourself, sometimes that external source can be so motivating. Oh yeah. I mean, you know, she, she definitely sees more in me sometimes. I mean, I look, I'm very confident, but there's situations, you know, I'm going through a lot of stuff right now. I've got like a, a lot of stuff throwing at me. Some stuff I can't talk about legally. I just can't. Cause yeah. it, it's just, I can't talk about it, but you know, there's times that come along whenever you're pushing for the next thing. She literally told me on the way over here said, you know, right before the breakthrough happens was whenever you doubt the most, you know, and it, like I'm going through that phase myself right now. Right. So I know the breakthrough is going to happen here. I'm just going to keep pushing. I, it, the thing about me is, I'm committed to do the work. I don't care what God puts in front of my path. I will do it. Doesn't matter. 
Have you always been like that? I mean, I, I was telling Ben earlier, that, yo, Ben, shout out to you, by the way, doing a great job here in the studio. Um, you know, I was telling, you know, I, I've always been, yeah, yeah. I've always been committed to do the work, whatever it is. I had the dream to, um, you know, <clears throat> I will say this. We talked about the record deal earlier. Um, that was, that took me 15 years to get that dream. I don't know how many people will chase a dream for 15 years, but yeah. it took me 15 years. The, the very moment that I saw Nirvana play being played on MTV alternative nation. It was like about 11 o'clock at night. Yeah. It was 1991, I believe. And this is right before they dropped teen spirit. Um, I just let you know how old I am. I saw that and I was like blown away. I'd never heard anybody play music like that before my entire life. Cause you got to think this was like Motley Crue, poison warrant Bon Jovi era. This is how old I am. Such right? a good music and, and, era. And this dude comes out with, with music talking about mental health. First time I'd ever heard anything like mm -hmm. around that. I didn't even know what it was at the time. I'm getting chill bumps right now here in the studio, but it, it, it really resonated with me as a, as a young teenager, as a young man, I was like, I could do that. I could do that. Never picked up a guitar in my entire life. I was like, I could do that. What about what Kurt Cobain was singing about spoke to you? Oh, well, first of all, I couldn't understand a damn word he was saying. <laughs> I was like, my brain had not been trained to pick up on that. Right. So I was just like, it sounded like he's mumbling, but I mean, it was just, it was the way Dave Grohl was playing the drums. Mm -hmm. It was the way that he was playing guitar. It was like the, the girls all in the cheerleading outfits and the, and the, and then like the uh, spotlight, everything. And I'd never seen anything like that before in my life. And I was like, I grew up in Alabama, pretty sheltered. I'm not down here in Palm beach, Florida. So it, it was a situation where I was like, I was just blown away. Right. But it inspired me. And I think yeah. a lot of people get inspired and they try to go for a dream and they step out and say, Hey, I'm going to go do this. And then all of a sudden they, they quit on their dream because they don't believe in themselves or somebody that they, you know, admire, uh, come along and talk them out of it. Many people try to talk me out of it, man, uh, uh, like along the way. And I was like, Nope, Nope, Nope. We're going to do it. And how did you deal with the doubters? I just kept going. So you ignored them. Yeah. Well, think about it like this, right? So we just bought, I told you in the beginning is we bought 18 properties in, in um, excuse me, 16 properties in 18 months. Mm -hmm. Before we started buying real estate, people came along and they all told me this is the craziest thing to do right now in this market. This is right before the pandemic, by the way, like this is dumb. This is stupid. The real estate market's going to crash. You're wasting your money. You're going to bankrupt yourself. Right. And none of them, none of them had ever purchased a rental property before in their entire lives. Right. And I knew, I knew how to do this. I knew I was like, I'm going to do this anyway. And I pushed through it. And I got it. So it goes back to that con that confidence and that faith in yourself that yeah. you can figure it out. Yeah. And that you know, you know, you have a plan and yeah. you know you can execute and having faith in yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's like, I, I think what most people miss is when you have to make that key moment in life, you're all alone. I mean, you might have that person that sleeps next to you at night. You know, you guys trade fluids back and forth. But like, <laughs> like in that key moment, you have to know, you have to know who you are. You know, how do you define key moment? That key moment where it's like, am I going to do this or am I not going to yeah. do this? I mean, I can prep and I can pray and I can do all this stuff all day long, but I mean, it's the very moment. It's, it's like investing in real estate. You can read all the books, you can read all the podcasts, but it's the very moment that you sign that contract that it becomes real. And you're the only one signing it. It's not like you're signing it. Your spouse is signing it. And all of the people that have supported you are signing it. You are signing it. And in that key moment, you're all alone. It's interesting you say that because in my strategic advisory and executive coaching practice. I always say to people, we can strategize, we can goal set, we can plan. And that is all amazing because it provides direction. Right. But at the end of the day, you just got to do it. You just got to take Nike's got a the forward step. Yeah. Nike had the best slogan. Just do just it. Just do it. Just do it. I mean, everybody's like, what? I'm like, just do it.
Just do it. You will learn more from doing like, like, like I mentioned earlier, the first deal in real estate, you will learn the more from the first deal than you will in um, reading all the books, all yeah. the thousands of books and thousands of podcasts. It's like leaving your job, right? I'm sure you have some people that reach out to you. They want to leave their corporate America job. Many. Yeah. I mean, the thing about it is you can prep, you can strategize, you can get yourself set up financially, but the only way to do it is to do it. Well, and I've said this before. So you have a 15 and a 19 year old. I do. So maybe this is dated for you guys, but I have a toddler. Okay. And he's two. I remember my, those days. You remember those yeah, days? Barely, but I remember them. And everyone uses the phrase baby steps, like baby steps are easy. Yeah. But when my son started walking, he was bumping into things. We had tears. We had black and blue marks. You know, the small steps aren't necessarily easy at all. Right. But it's the forward motion and it's the repetition and it's the more you do it, the more you learn. And then, I mean, you and I are walking around very easily today, God willing. Yeah. So, you know, it just becomes rote. Yeah. And, You're just there. and it's just there. And I think that's such an applicable metaphor to so many things. You know, someone said to me the other day, we all eat with forks and spoons. We didn't come out of the womb knowing how to eat with a fork and spoon True. and learning any new skill is very similar. Right. Right. Anything. I mean, you just got to do it. You just got to do it. That's it. Like riding a bike. I can, I can watch all the YouTube videos, but until I hop on that bike and actually ride it, I haven't ridden a bike yet. Although I have to say, I haven't re- rode a bike in a really long time. Don't worry. It comes right back to you. Uh, it, it'll, come right, it'll come back to you. I'm telling you, you'll get on <laughs> it. You'll wobble a second and bam, you'll be off to the races. All right. So I have to ask. So you've been a trainer. Mm-hmm. You worked directly with the CEO of a company. Yep. You were in a rock band, yep. which we have to dig into. Okay. <laughs> um, You've done a lot of different things. What do you think are the most important lessons that you've learned from each of those different pivots? Um, that's a good question. You know, I, I actually, I gave a, a talk to a, a, a team once um, about the habits and, and things that have made me successful in all those areas are the exact same thing. Um, you know, I think our, first of all, you have to have the vision of what something can be because, you know, you can't, if you don't have the vision, you're not going to move towards it. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it, that's where it starts. You can, you can, you, you can, and, and I hear this phrase all the time outwork everybody else. But the problem with most people is that, that if I show up, let's, let's use you, you and me as an example here. Let's say we're going to go do the exact same task, whatever that is. Let's say it's working out. Let's just say it's working out. Okay. No matter what. And, and let's say we lift the exact same amount of weight. Okay. Ha. You, right. Well, I'm just throwing this <laughs> out here, right? Like, like you show up and you, you are doing it begrudgingly. Yes. And if I show up and it's fun for me, I'll beat you every single day. Yeah. I'll beat you and everybody else that shows up in the same mindset every single day. And that's what it is. It's like, like being in bands was fun. Everybody like worked harder than me and they were better than me, but it was fun. It was just absolutely fun. I loved it. Uh, as far as being a personal trainer, I loved it. There was sure there's times when I didn't like it, but I really, really liked it. Like I, it was fun for me. It, it came natural to me. It came easy to me. And that's, that's what, that's one thing. It has to be like, it has to be in alignment with who you are. You can't be successful at something, no matter how disciplined, no matter how much you read the atomic habit. It's like doing this podcast, right? So if I'm a, if I'm a, um, let's say the medium of my, um, how I communicate with people's writing and I come on here and I try to talk and I'm all weird and stuff like Elon Musk, right? Like Elon, have you ever heard Elon Musk talk? Okay. We're, we're going to, we're going to make we're going to make that happen. I'm like, dude, by God, just finish the sentence. Right. He's terrible at that, but he can put a man on Mars. 
It's the same way. It's like, if you're going to do something, do it, but know that you, that it's got to be in total full alignment with you. That's the first thing. The second thing is if it's in total full alignment with you and it lines up with where it is you want to go, then you're going to be able to complete it and hit the task. Nothing's going to, you have to know for absolute cert- certainty that, that this is where you want to go. I was telling a client yesterday, I said, what do you want? Like she got on the phone with me. They do very, very well. Um, and, and I was like, what is your end goal with all this? And cause I was trying to figure out like, why did you hire me? And like, it, it seems like we're going around in circles and stuff like that. I'm like, why did you hire me? She's like, I want to build wealth. I said, okay, so let, let's reverse engineer this. This is the big goal. Mm-hmm. What do you value most in your life? She's like, I value my time. I said, okay, so you don't want to build wealth through a brick and mortar store. So I just started removing all this stuff. And I, and I got down to like the, the nitty gritty was she had to get started investing in rental property. Yeah. That was it. And she was, that was, well, that's what I uncovered. She's scared to make the move. Yeah. And so I explained to her, look, I was scared to do it too. But in that moment, I'm all alone. I do, I do the best that I can with the resources that I got and the data that I've researched. And then you, at some point you have to step forward. What I love in what you just said is this concept of fun. Yeah. Because I'm a big believer that perception is reality and you create your perception so you can create your reality. Right. right. And you could have a crappy job. You can be in a position that isn't necessarily where you want to be, but there are elements that can be fun. And focusing on those. So for example, if you're a people person and you get to work with a lot of people, but the administrative stuff in your job is tough, focusing on the fact that, oh, I get to meet all these really cool, interesting people. It's where you focus your time and attention and energy. Of course, you have to do the stuff that's not so fun, but it's that perspective shift. And it's funny because the other night I was going through my phone, old pictures, and I found a picture of me at three years old, okay, at my aunt's wedding grabbing a microphone. That's and, cool. And then I started going through, this is where we get back to rock bands. Okay. okay. Then okay. I start going through my phone and I have tons of photos, karaoke, uh, grabbing microphones, public speaking, all this stuff. And then it all culminates at the end of my feed yeah. in the podcast studio. There you go. Right. So there's an element of what comes naturally to you. Yeah. What you've been drawn to, frankly, from a very young age. I like to ask people, what did you think was fun when you were younger? Me? Are you asking me that now? Well, sure. I like to be in front of people. There you like, go. I, I loved attention. I don't know. And, and some psychologists could be like, well, your parents didn't give you enough attention. That might be true on some level, to be honest with you. But, you know, I, I just loved being in front of people. I remember standing in front of class when I was like in first grade, the teacher would step out. I don't know where she went, maybe the restroom or something. And I would stand up in front of class and tell jokes. And, and, and everybody be like, what is he doing? I look back and they probably all think that I'm crazy, but I mean, I was still telling jokes. Uh, I hadn't thought about this story in probably 40 years now that, now that it's coming to me, but yeah, I was telling jokes. I was trying to like get people to laugh. You know, I mean, that was, that was what I did. It didn't bother me that all the eyeballs were on me that, that none of that ever bothered me. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, being in front of people, um, giving my opinions and, uh, talking to people just like on this podcast is awesome. I was just about to say it comes full circle. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It really, really does. So, okay. I have to ask So you were a guitarist. I was. Okay. What was the name of your band? Oh my God. Which one? Uh, let's see. Brooks like over there, like, Oh, I, I was in a, I was in a band called Xenovox X E N O V O X. That one was fun. And then I was in another one that I shared with Ben over here called Amity Lane. I did not play guitar in that band. I did um, keyboards, but it wasn't like 1980s keyboards. It was like Linkin Park keyboards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, made all the noises and stuff like that in the background and stuff. You know, one of those type of bands. So what kind of music? Like Linkin Park. Like Linkin Park. Just like Linkin Park. Very cool. So 
I play piano and guitar. Okay, that's cool. I call it campfire playing. Okay. I can, you know, support a sing-along. Okay. But I'm not great. Like, yeah. no one would ever put but, me in a band. But, but you're having fun with it, But right? I'm having a blast. There you go. I'm having a blast. That's half of it. You know, every time I picked up the guitar, I lost. To be honest with you, I would say the record deal thing really... I would say it came, became a curse because after that, I realized that like every time I picked up the guitar, I was going to have to write something. Like I had to be quote unquote productive. It became very hard to have fun. And it wasn't very long after that, that I just put everything down and said, I'm done. Well, that's a great point too. You know, people often talk to me about, I have this passion because what you're talking about is having fun and, and being passionate about something. Yeah. And you bring up a really excellent point, which is that sometimes when you make your passion, your work, the fun goes out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Or when it becomes a job or whenever the, there's an the expectation that gets too high, you know, I mean, like, you know, certain things can start out as fun. It's, it's like, it's like this, I call it the bowling effect. It's like whenever you get to the bowling alley and you haven't bowled in like two years and you get up there, you're with your friends, you guys are all having fun and you bowl like four strikes and you're like, Oh my God. In one game, not like, not like in a row. Cause yeah, then yeah, they, yeah. they would think you're a pro, but you, bo- <laughs> you bowl like four, four strikes. Yeah. You bowl like four strikes somehow, or like three strikes or two strikes, something that's an anomaly. Right. And then you start to try on the second game and you suck and you're just like it's going in the gutter you can't hit a ball it's like because it stopped being fun and started like being like like for real you know and i think that's what happens for a lot of people is it just you know it just stops being fun and they just like okay there's i just now i gotta go and get the four strikes again i gotta get the three strikes and they put that pressure on themselves pressure yeah so with all the success that you've had which you've had quite a bit and Eh. It, it's, uh, it sounds like you've had quite a bit. Yeah. How do you deal with pressure? Yeah, yeah. I'm not, look, I'm not downplaying it. You know, I've done more than the most average person, but to me, I just feel like, I just, I'll be honest with you. I feel like I'm, I haven't even gotten started yet. I mean, just to be very clear. I mean, I just feel like I'm, I'm trying to lace up my shoes to get in the game of life. I'm still trying to get in the game of life. I made millions of dollars, toured around the country, flown all over the world. I, I, it just, I still feel like I'm back at ground zero. What's amazing about your story is it sounds like every step of the way you've been incredibly focused on the journey and not the destination. That would be incorrect. Well, this is what I was about to say. You've always had big goals, which I think have set the direction for you. But it sounds like every step along the way, you've picked up little pieces or as I like to call it, tools in the toolbox. Yeah. Where now you have a lot more tools than you did that you started off with. But even what you just said about, you know, you're not done. You're still lacing up your shoes. Yeah. It's, it's your goal is your goalpost is constantly moving. Always, always. I I think that that, that that's one thing that I had to learn in life is, uh, you know, when we first, my wife and I first made a million dollars, you know, I've been shooting for this goal. Like we're going to make a million dollars in this business. We're going to make a million dollars in this business. And then when we made it, it turned around. I was like, man, this is like, like nothing, right? It's nothing. Then we made 2 million. Then we made 3 million. And I'm just like, it still wasn't, it's still, it's not that I'm not grateful because some people are going to listen to this, but he's just not grateful for where he's at. It's that the goalpost has to move because if the goalpost doesn't move, like the disease of unfulfillment sets in. How many rich people do you know, especially living here in Palm Beach, that, 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 are just, that just hate everyone and everything around them? It's because they give up. They give up. They, they stop moving the goalpost. The goalpost was here. They crossed it either one way or another. They crossed it and never stopped to reset the goal. You know, and, and that, that I think is, 
I'll be honest with you, just, just between you and me and everybody, all, and everybody else, all listening. 5 million people listening to this episode, you know, it can be a blessing and a curse because it keeps, I was telling my client this yesterday, cause I don't really look, I don't really like let the past bother me. It's mainly having a hard time keeping one foot in the present while like the two feet are in the future. Yeah. And it's like, when is, when do you get, when do you get to where you want to go? And I don't think the answer is ever. I don't think that you do, but I think that that's part of life is uncovering like, okay, cool. We can do this. We can do this. We can do that. And it's, and it's like, you never, you never real. there's no mountaintop to any of this. There's no mountaintop to life, in, at least in my life. There's not. For some people, they they just they go to work, they get, and that's cool. That, if that works for them, that works for them. But for me, I've always got to figure out like the next level. I've got to figure out the next thing what God has in store because I'm always asking, hey, what do you want me to do? I'll be honest with you, I didn't think about doing a podcast. I've never thought about doing a podcast. I've recorded like 25 episodes. Bang, bang, bang. They just came out of me. It was only until my wife was walking by in Palm Beach and she was just or, or, uh, Palm Beach Gardens um, location. She was like. You, you need, she shot a photo. She was down here before we moved down here that like, you need to do this. Like we need to do this together. You need to do one of these. And I was like, okay, didn't put much thought into it. And then it presented itself. And I was like, she was like, you need to go do this. You'd be great at it. And so I leaned into it and I just started just cranking them out. Like, well, like all this stuff just flowed out of me. It was pretty incredible. And so it, it's, it's awesome though, because now I've got people that would never read my articles or they would never watch my Facebook lives. They, they only watched a couple of reels that I did here and there, but they're watching, they're listening to my podcast and they're like, Oh my God, I've never heard anybody explain X, Y, Z like that. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's like, I think it's to impact people and to keep going to impact people. You know, I mean, I've, we've made money. We've created passive income through real estate investing. You know, we've done a lot of things, but now it's like, where can I go? Cause I know the real, the real gold is, is impacting people and lots of them. Well, I think you just hit the nail on the head your end goal isn't necessarily the creation of wealth. Your end goal isn't necessarily making money, which oh, I'm it not- is. Oh, it is. Don't get me wrong. Okay. Don't get me wrong. I want to make like $400 million. Don't well, get me wrong. <laughs> which is great. And I yeah. hope you do. Yeah, and yeah, I yeah. send you all the good luck and vibes, vibes. to do that. Yeah. Right. Um, but what you just said is you're ultimately intrinsically motivated by impacting people. Right. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm both. I'd say yeah. it's 50, 50. I want to make a lot of money, but I want to impact people at the same time. I don't want to make, I, here's the deal. I wouldn't want to make a lot of money as a CEO of Pepsi. You know what I'm saying? I can't impact anybody. It's just run Pepsi, right? And it's so like, I want to, I want to make the CEO pay a Pepsi $23 million a year, but I'd like to be on stages. I'd like to get it from my podcast. Yeah. I'd like to get it from those sources where it's having a more positive impact. I, I, like, look, look, this is Vizio, right? Like look, I'm looking at this TV right here behind you. Vizio guarantee you the CEO makes five, five to $10 million a year in stock options or something like that. He's not impacting anybody because he's making people more distracted. Let's be real with his product, right? I, that wouldn't align with me, but, right. but if it was all about money, I'd just go be the CEO of a company, but I want to do it on my terms about impacting people. And that's a very important distinction. Yeah, right? exactly. Because there's so much in what you just said, but I wanted to ask you the question. A lot of people I talk to say it's never enough. And, you know, you get to a point where you start making money, then you get golden handcuffs and your cost of living goes up a little bit more. And then the goalpost yeah. constantly shifts forward. So how do you balance being appreciative of where you've come from, what you've accomplished with still having the motivation to get where you want to be without just putting all this pressure on yourself? No, that's a great question. Um, I think it, I, so here's, here's what I think. Number one, I think that you have to surround yourself with people who are happy for you on your journey. Number one, they're not jealous of you. Mm. They're not, I'm, and 
because you need those people in your life. You need those yeah. people that are happy for where you're at because they're happy with where they're at. You see what I'm saying? They're on their own journey. So when you're on your own journey, you're happy for everybody else. When I wasn't on my own journey, I'll be very honest with you. When I was in corporate America working six figures a year, I saw my other friends out there doing the entrepreneur thing. And I was, I was feeling burned out. And I talked about this yesterday to, on the, to a client. I'm like, most high performing employees, they burn out because they're not doing their own thing. Whereas an entrepreneur, yeah, most, as an entrepreneur like myself, I can go on four hours of sleep because I know that I'm building it for me. So as, and your question was that, that, what was your question? The pressure. Right. The pressure. It's, it's, I can, I can handle it. Right. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm willing to go through anything to do whatever it is that I'm going to do for me. Now, if you're asking for like an employee in a company, is that what you're asking me for? Anyone, anyone, anyone. Well, it could be an entrepreneur. It could be someone in a company, but I, I, I do know this avatar of person yeah. who is constantly striving for more and they right. find that to be a struggle. I think it's where you put your values, right? So, so whenever I say it's never enough, it's never enough on multiple levels, right? So I look at my podcast, I think we got like, like, like 2,900 downloads mm -hmm. in like eight episodes. I'm looking at myself, I'm like, why is it not 25,000, 29,000, right? And, and it's not that I'm not grateful for where I'm at because I'm grateful for all those people that came in and took the time. And, you know, I know everybody's distracted, but I'm, I give gratitude to that. Yeah. I say a quick little gratitude. I'm like, thank you for all these people, you know, and I'm, I'm very grateful. But at the same time, I'm like, I'm always pushing for more. Yeah. Because I've got to get, I've got to get there to my level. And I'm like, oh, no, then when it's 29,000, I'm like, why is it not 290,000? What do I need to do next? And I think that, let me just be clear. I think many people, I think many people put the ladder of achievement up against the wrong thing. Mm. I've been guilty of this, put the ladder of achievement up against accolades or um, materialistic possessions or keep it up with the Joneses is what they used to call it. Yeah. That's going to resonate with a lot of people your age. How old are you, by the way? I'm 35. Okay. Yeah. That's going to resonate with them. Right. So putting the ladder of achievement, whereas, you know, I'm putting the ladder of achievement and for me, and I'll be very honest with you. I, I, um, I used to be in that boat. I speak from personal experience. I put my ladder of achievement up against materialistic items. And now I wear like a three-year-old Apple watch. I got a three-year-old iPhone. I'm, and I'm not saying that to be pious. Please don't think that's what I mean. I'm just saying that. I have all my energy and focus going towards expanding outwards. Mm. So whenever I say it's never enough, it, it's not that it has to do with like uh, the house that I live. I live in a condo. Um, it's not that we don't even have a TV in our house. And I'm again, I'm not saying that to be pious. I, I just, you know, some, might, I'll agree with my wife. Sometimes I do want to be able to sit back and watch Netflix. But when I say you it's- You can take this Vizio. Yeah, I know, right? I'll email the CEO. <laughs> <laughs> but when I say it's never enough, it's only because I'm not going fast enough but to chase my own potential that I know is out there to what I'm truly capable of to where a point where I'm running myself almost into exhaustion to, to, to catch it mm -hmm. of what I'm truly capable of and leaving behind all the materialistic things, leaving behind the desires to have other things. I think whenever people say that it's just, they, they're putting it up against the cheap thing. Right. So now I'm trying to like really build my, build my marriage stronger right? It's a great thing to put your ladder against, right? I'm trying to build a relationship with my kids stronger. I'm trying to build my own personal businesses stronger. And all of those are all expansion things. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? Whereas like materialistic things cause you to shrink. It takes a lot of energy to be able to ma manage everything in your house. You see what I'm saying? Like car payments, totally. insurance payments, all the stuff that you got, right? You got a purse, you got to get a new one. Once that one goes out of style, you know, I mean, it, it's things like that, right? You got to get a new Mac and our laptop. And look, I'm not a, I'm not a pious individual, but I think that people need to figure out what it is they're putting their ladder up against and like what it, what it really, really is. Like, like is, is the next new lifestyle upgrade important? Like, what's that really going to do? Like, if you're going to spend money, what's it going to lead to? 
So values. And it sounds like for you, the values are the quality of your life in terms of your relationships. Yeah. And being able to prove to yourself that you're able to achieve your full potential. Yeah. That's the number one thing. That's the absolute number one thing. Like, like I've got a vision for my marriage. I've got a vision for my relationship with my children. I've got a vision for my family as a whole. I've got a vision for my life. I've got a vision for a lot of different things, but I've had to go through a lot of struggles. Like I told, I sold a $110,000 car because I was just like, you know what? This is, this isn't, this isn't bringing me joy. Mm-hmm. It's just not bring. It was just an energy suck. I was just like, I had a, listen, I had a $110,000 automobile. That was a limited edition. People stopped me in the street. They were like, Oh my God, that's an incredible car. It was like a defender. It was like a limited edition truck, right? Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. You could push a button. It rises. You could push a button. It lowers. It'll go through three feet of water. I mean, this thing would fly to Mars if it had wings, but now I drive a 2011 Kia soul. Oh, I'm in that position because my son is like about to start driving in a year. So I was like, let me just drive this car. It was a major ego check for me, but I had to go through that to get to where I'm at now. Yeah. And it really sucked going through it. The moment that I sold my car, I had a couple of tears in my eyes, not going to lie. And then when I hopped in my car, I was like, Oh God, this is going to suck. And, and, and still to this day, I'll have like little trigger points and it'll pull me and I'll see, an, I'll see one of those cars out there, a, a defender out there. I'll be, Oh man, I remember that. That was, that was a great car. That was a great car. I, I could go get one, but at the same time, I have to go through this process of weaning myself off the materialistic things to be able to get to where I want to go. I just know that's what God, God is calling me to do. Yeah. And everyone's got their own path when it comes to that. Well, there's so much in that, especially an evolving definition of success. Yeah. And what you're talking about is I think a lot of people have this definition or vision of success where it is materialistic. It's yeah. the big house. It's the fancy car. It's whatever it is. But that's not how you define success. And right. I always say that success, your definition of it also evolves over time because you could think one thing is successful. I remember when I, when I, you know, left school and I went to go work on wall street, I wanted to be the CEO of a wall street firm. Right. right. And then I started realizing what the job entailed uh-huh. and I was like, Ooh, I don't want to do that. How was That's that by the way? Me. I, I want to ask you a question. How yeah. was wall street? Cause uh, have you listened to anything that I've put out? Yeah, I have. And what do you think about it? I love it. My goal is to take down wall street. How does that make you feel on the inside? First initial <laughs> response. <laughs> Uh, I think everything is necessary. Could be. Yeah. So everything has a role in a place. And so I I think it it depends in what respect. That's true. That's true. There's no such thing as a generalization. That's true. I was very fortunate in my situation that I worked with really supportive people. Okay. Who gave me a tremendous amount of opportunity, which I know is not the typical you know, party line on working on wall street. Right. So I got to do lots of different things. I got to wear lots of different hats. I got to build up my toolkit, which was amazing. Yeah. And I worked with really great people. That's awesome. So I can't complain. That's great. It was, so why did you leave? Cause it wasn't aligned with my values and who I wanted to be. Ah. And it's very similar to what you're talking about. Right. You don't want to be the CEO of Pepsi. You don't want to be the CEO of Vizio. Right. Right. Sure. Great. The money is great. And, you know, there also comes a point where you get driven for me. And I I resonate with a lot of what you're talking about, seeing what you can do, seeing your own potential, having fun every day, doing what makes you tick, doing what drives you. And I always say, when I reflect on my career, but frankly, my life, everything's been pushing me in the direction that that I'm in. So it's also a matter of looking at the signs and being aware of what's around you. 
Yeah. Many people can't do that. You know, I mean, I, I, I think the golden handcuffs thing that you mentioned earlier, I'd love to speak on that. Please do. Um, <clears throat> so whenever I was, I was at a six figure company, my wife wanted me to, she really wanted me to be home. I was traveling a lot. It was fun in the beginning. We stayed at all these incredible hotels. Like, I mean, like $400, $500 a night, $300 a night hotels. I mean, it was amazing, right? But like you do that 250 something days a year, they're all the same. Yeah. And all you want to do is be home. And I got into the position where I became 100%. I had raised my lifestyle to the point where I become 100% on that income. And I lost that job unexpectedly. And when I did, it just, it just, yeah. everything just went down. We almost lost our house in September of 2015. Oh, wow. Yeah. And we had to get, we had, to, we had to hustle. We had to figure out a bunch of things. We almost went into foreclosure and it was a pretty scary moment in my life. And, but I realized in that very moment that there was something like, so I had on September 15th, 2015, I had to call the mortgage company and tell them that we couldn't make our house payment very scary situation. And yeah. it, what's scarier though, was the months leading up to that. Cause it was, it's almost like the serial killers out there. I'm not saying that I'm a serial killer, but I'm saying those people out there <laughs> Where that rob you a bank, with you, you'll see with that rob a bank. And all of a sudden they get caught and they're like, Oh my God, a weight's lifted off my shoulders. Yeah. It was the same way. Whenever I called the mortgage company, I told them, Hey, look, I can't make our mortgage payment this month or the next couple months. It was like an unbelievable way to just been lifted off my shoulders. Yeah. That, that's where I'm going with that. <laughs> and, and, but I realized at the same time that there was something that I didn't know about money. Like, so money is a feedback loop. And if you're in the golden handcuffs, it's a feedback loop. It's, yeah. tell, it's telling you something, right? So like if you upgrade, let's say you get a $10,000 raise a year or $12,000 or $20,000 raise a year, it's a feedback loop. Like, what are you going to do with this money? What are you going to do with this money? How are you going to leverage this money to push your life forward? Are you going to go move, move over to the next block? Cause now you're going to just have more debt with just an extra zero. You have more stuff with an extra zero and people have to see things for what they really are. It's, 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 what is it? The, the, uh, comfort of security kills the passion of the soul. Mm -hmm. I mean, it really does. It's, 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 and it's so easy to get locked into like, you know, I'm going to be, I'm going to go work for X. We're going to climb the corporate ladder. By the way, that, that whole entire ladder is imaginary. Cause when I worked for this company, I was one of the highest paid people there. I'm just going to tell you straight up. There was only two people there that didn't have a college degree. Who do you think they were? The two highest paid people. No, no I wasn't the highest paid. I was, I was up you and there. the, you and the CEO bingo. Everybody else had to have a college degree, right? So experience and like creativity trumps college degrees. Like Trump's them because he told me on a private jet, we're flying on a private jet. Understand this is a gen individual with no college degree traveling around the world. He's like, you know what? I'm going to hire this person here and they're only going to make X. That's as far as they're going to go. And if they don't like it, they can go somewhere else and I'll hire somebody else. I mean, that is just the reality of the world that we live in. Everybody is replaceable. Everybody. I think that's a really hard lesson for people to learn. I remember when I first learned that lesson, there was um, someone at the place where I worked who was incredible and he quit and I was so nervous and I was like, oh, oh my God, yeah. we're going down. And the next day it was like nothing had happened, Yeah, you know, and it was such a, an important lesson for me to learn. And I think there's also a shifting environment, particularly in corporate America where, you know, people are moving around a lot more. They are. And, you know, this concept of loyalty that maybe existed in the fifties and sixties yeah. is, I don't want to say it's totally disappearing, but it's certainly different than it was even 15, 20, 30 years ago. Yeah. Um, what's striking me about your story that is a constant theme that keeps coming up is being aware of the lessons and everything that happens. Yeah. And you know, I think it's very easy for people to look at a situation and say, "Ugh, this really annoying thing happened to me and get really bogged down in that. 
instead of, you know, having a more elevated view and saying, you know what? Yeah, this sucks. But what can I learn from this? Why is this happening for me? What can I take forward? And how can I use that to propel me forward? Yeah. Yeah. So Jason, as we wind down, okay, let's I do want it. a rapid fire two questions. Hit to me. You. Come on. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. We've talked a lot about passion. Okay. A lot of people I talk to say, I don't know what I'm passionate about. How do you recommend that people find their passion? That's a good question. Um, wow. Let me think here. How do I'm, I'm just trying to think how is, as I think about this, I'm looking at these buildings over here, here in the studio and, and it's beautiful down here. So if you're up there, it, it's winter time here, by the way, I just want to say, so if you're out there in the snow, I feel for you. I'm just saying, cause it's beautiful here. Um, I, I think you have to, I, I think you have to innately know that you have number one, you have to know like you were meant for more than where you're at now. Mm-hmm. You have to know that lo- there's more to life than where you're at now. Um, number one, number two, my passions have changed over the years. So when I was 15 years old, the only thing I cared about was playing in a band. The only thing I could see was, Hey, I'm going to be a rock star. I'm going to make this dream happen. I could see it in my head at night. Like I could see it. I could see the people championing our albums. I could see the people hearing the songs. Sometimes I would hear entire songs in my head. I'd wake up and I'd forget about them, but they were rock songs in my head. Right. Right. And I could see it. And then once I reached that goal, it was gone. But the issue is that so many people, they tie their identity to that one thing. Mm. And so they can't, they can't let it go. It's like the rock star that's always chasing that dream. Hey, we were on tour back in 2003. You know what I'm saying? And they're chasing that thing and they're, they're nothing now. You know, and so your passions have to change. Then it moved into personal training. Once, once I hit the goal, see, I never want to be knocked out of not, I don't ever want to be knocked out of not getting the goal because of me. I want to hit the target. And if I choose to give up on the goal, then I'm cool with that. So once we got our record deal, we toured around the country, made like 2,500 bucks a night. And it just wasn't what I thought it was. I was Mm like, okay, cool. I'm done. We'll move to the next thing. And then my wife, as, as, as I keep on referencing her, she's like my Honestly, I'd say she's like my guiding light lighthouse. She's really like, now, hey, you need to go into personal training. I, I loved working out. I had people following me. And she was like, hey, you need to go into personal training. I was like, you know what? I'm going to do that. I love doing it. So instantly I let go of the music because it became it became a job. Every time I picked up a guitar, I got to write a song. And I got to write a good song. Right. I was like, I didn't want that pressure on me. So I just let it go. And I'm okay with that. A lot of people are like, you don't pick it up and play it? I'm like, not once. Not really once since 2007. I haven't picked up the guitar and I was really good at it. I played for like three hours a day. So I let it go and I transferred that into personal training. I parlayed that and rode that all the way as far as I could to training with an individual that took a company from a million a year to 200 million a year in revenue. It was great, but I didn't, I was on that journey. I see looking back now to learn about business, not to learn, not to be like his, just his personal trainers. People, they don't understand the job that they're in is like actually the stepping stone for the next thing. And that's how, that's what, that's why you got, that's why you have to keep your passions going. Cause I'm looking at this podcast. This is just training for being on stage. That's all it is. I only got here because I only did like thousands of Facebook lives. I only got, the, I only had to do the lives because I needed to promote me and my wife needed to promote our business, mm-hmm. right? We needed to promote our business because we needed to make money because we were going through the house and foreclosure in 2015. Do you see all that backs up? Mm-hmm. And it's just the passion is there. You have to know like innately where your guiding post is. I know I want to be successful. I know I want to be, I know I want to be wealthy and I know I want to impact a lot of people along the way. And that's, that's really like, like the next thing, right? So I'm passionate about this podcast. I'm going to see it all the way through. I committed to hundred episodes in my mind. Okay. I'm going to do hundred episodes, rapid fire, bang, 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 bang. I'm gonna knock them out. 
and then we'll see where that takes us. Mm-hmm. Right. If that, if that takes me to go speaking on stage, it takes me there. If it doesn't take me there, then I'll figure out where else is going to take me. And I think that's what it is. Most people, they need to find their passion because all, all along the way, they have to know the journey. They have to have some, they have to have some, um, uh, a vision of their life, what they want. Like it starts with just a small glimmer of uh, just a flash is what they call it. Right. The whole life flashes before your eyes. You have to know like what you want your life to be. Yeah. Like you have to know you want to be successful or you don't want to be successful and then know what you don't want. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that, but I do want to do that. Let's go do that mm-hmm. and then keep going and then follow. Okay. This, I've rode this dream all the way as far as I can. Let's find out where it leads us. What skills did I learn? What lessons did I learn? How can I do that? Bang, 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 bang. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what I'm hearing you say is you have to allow yourself to evolve Yeah. and you have to know that you may not know why everything is happening in the moment, but when you take a step back and you reflect on the past, it will all very beautifully lay itself out. Absolutely. And you get people that say, do what you're passionate about. But, but the problem is let's take a cook or a baker, right? Let's, let's take a baker. Let's say she loves baking cookies. Absolutely loves it. She makes the best cookies in the world, right? She's unbelievably great at it, but she's terrible at business and marketing. Terrible. So nobody ever finds out about these cookies. And so she goes around her whole entire life depressed in a funk, or she's still peddling these out the back of her car at the church county fair thing, right? And so Mm -hmm. it never goes anywhere. It isn't until a guy comes along, tastes her recipes. Oh my God, I'd love to buy this recipe. She sells it for 25 bucks or 250 bucks. He takes this, puts branding behind it, marketing behind it, it blows up and they thing you know it's like the largest cookie manufacturer in the world 25 years later right it turns into nabisco you see yeah that's how that that's what i'm talking about like your passions will only take you so far there are other skills and talents along the way 100 that you agree. have to be plugged into and it's all interconnected it, it just one thing is not going to get you to where you want to go it's yeah. knowing how all these things are going to get you to where you want to go is that helpful that's very helpful and i agree yeah. all right next question okay hit me take this however you will okay what do you know now that you wish you knew back then? Mm, That's a good question. In what area? Any, take it however you will. I mean, I could do like a lot of different areas. Uh, I mean, I, I wish that I had, what do I know now? I, I, I'll tell you one thing. I wish that I knew more about rental property investing. I'd be much further along, like far, far, far along in rental property investing. I, I tell my wife all the time, like, wish we had done this with our first house. I think even before that, I wish that I hadn't done all the drugs that I did in my twenties. Like I did hardcore drugs, like before I met my wife, you know, but again, you know, I was doing like cocaine. I was doing, uh, smoking weed, doing opium. Uh, yeah, I did all that stuff, but you know what? All that led me to be able to, all of that led me to be able to understand who I am Mm -hmm. and how people work. Like if I hadn't gone through that, that dark, dark, super dark phase, then I wouldn't be able to understand like the person that I needed to become to meet that woman right there. She yeah. would have never, never even looked my way if I was still hooked on drugs. Right. So I just want to say one thing here. So it's like in, in, in September of 2000 or 1999, I was like in a really, really dark spot. Um, I came to God. I got, I got rid of the people that were, that were in my place, got rid of them. And then I, I came to God and, and I heard a voice. He just said, Hey, look, man, if you want to get in a better part of your life and you want an individual that'll bring out the best in you, because I believe people, you know, you can date somebody who can bring out the worst in you and, and they have the worst, you bring out the worst in them. It's going to be a calamity. But I was looking for an individual to bring out the best of me. I, all I heard was that, Hey, look, you got to get off the drugs. You got to change this part of your life, change this part of your life, change that part of your life. And the woman that you're looking for will come into your life. I will present that individual to you. And poof, she came into my life. And that's, that's, that's literally it. I mean, it's, it's, I think that I would have, I wish I would have been more, 
of the person that I am now, the man yeah. now, than you know, it was in my 20s. I was, I, was a, I was just a boy in my 20s. I mean, literally and figuratively, but I wish that I was more mature. I wish I had made better decisions around money. I wish I had made, um, been smarter. I wish I had listened to other people like, instead of just blowing them off. Like, ah, they don't know what they're talking about, right? Mm-hmm. I think that that's one of the big key takeaways is just understanding like experience and actually lowering my ego enough to be able to say, hey, this person's trying to tell you something that's going to put you 50 years down the road, pull your head out of your ass and actually like listen to what they're saying because they can really help you. And I didn't do that. Yeah. It sounds like the through line in so much of your personal story is knowing and believing you can always change your circumstances for the better. Yeah. And the lessons, the lessons are being taught all along the way. And I don't blame anybody. That's another thing I do want to say is, is that I used, I blamed a lot of people for the circumstances that I was in. When, when the economy got cut in 2007, I, I, I was like, my boss cut our hours. Like we went from 40 hours to 35 to 30. I was like, how can he do this to me? Does he understand what I'm like, blah, 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 blah. I just blamed them instead of me internalizing it and saying, Hey, you need to go do X. It wasn't until my wife came along and said, Hey, you should go do X. Right. But it said, I was blaming everybody. I think when people get caught in a series of blaming, they can't see the opportunities that are being presented every single day around them. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. And Jason, this has been so fun. Yeah. Thank you. I really appreciate you coming to the studio and spending time with us this morning. This early morning. This early morning. It is bright and early us recording. If anyone wants to get in touch with you, how can they find you? Sure. Yeah. Best way is Jason Rash. I'm on social media, Um, Instagram, Facebook, Jason Rash, R-A-S-H, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and they can always email me support at JasonRash.com. Perfect. Oh, and my podcast. Where's my money? Sorry. I just forgot. It's like, oh my God, there's one other thing. What is that? Uh, obviously my, my, my big thing is where's my money. Um, it, where's my money with Jason Rash? Cause I think when you search iTunes, where's my money, there's a few of them that pop up, but you'll see my be- beautiful, smi- bright, smiling face on there. It's very energetic. You'll love it. There you go. Well, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for and having me. Of course. And as always, thank you to our listeners for joining us on another episode of worked up. Look out for new episodes on Tuesdays. And please don't forget to subscribe, like, and leave reviews and connect with us on Instagram at Jacqueline Beck Consulting on our website, www.jacquelinebeckconsulting.com or email us at info at Jacqueline That's Jacqueline, J-A-C-L-Y-N, Beck, B-E-C-K. See you next time. Bye.